0: Centric podcast
1: with Rafi and Clee. hola you amazing artist! It's Rafi and Clee, and today we're going to talk about the Moo Tubes, also
0: known as YouTube.
1: Yes, also known as YouTube for anybody that doesn't know our Moo Tube.
0: We call it the Moo Tube. Yeah, the Moo Tubes. That that joke got started a long time ago, and it stuck.
1: And our awesome, amazing rogues are here. Hi, Sue. Hi, Adrienne.
0: Hi, first time here. Yeah, we have our awesome rogue fam here with us. So they are going to be telling us about their experiences, asking their questions and sharing their stories as we talk about navigating YouTube.
1: And what we want to talk about as far as YouTube is like, you know, doing YouTube as a creative, um, where you maybe that YouTube is not your career, right? That's that's what I want to clear that up here in the beginning, just in case somebody's watching this. It's like, I want to be a YouTuber. Nothing wrong with that,
0: mm-hmm. being
1: a YouTuber. But this is more along the lines of like being an artist and then wanting to share your opinion, your stuff, who you are out in the world on YouTube and, you know, talk about some best practices and like how, how to maybe, I know one of the biggest roadblocks to doing it is fear, mm-hmm. you know, fear is the thing that is the roadblock to everything. It's true. I want to say <laughs> like putting your artwork out there. A lot of people have a hard time. They don't sign up for that show or they don't want to um, do anything share on social media or anything like that with their artwork because they're afraid of putting it out there Mm -hmm. and fear is you know when it comes to youtube we're talking about a completely different element Mm
0: -hmm.
1: of putting yourself out there we're talking about video and audio
0: it can feel very daunting and it can feel very vulnerable i I think randy said super excited when i heard that this was the subject today just launched my youtube channel a month ago oh congratulations randy that is awesome.
1: Yeah, it's it's a big deal you guys. You know and and I also want to talk about I think maybe I'll start it with expectations cuz one of the issues that artists use or anybody really to dissuade themselves from persisting is thinking that I'm going to post a video and then everybody's going to love it or everybody's going to see it, or I'm going to post this post on social media and everybody's going to see it and it's going to be crazy. It's just going to be raining people
0: and money (laughs) and money, money (laughs) and
1: and people are just going to rain upon me. And that's simply just not true. That's, that's not how it works. And it's not about the whole chasing the algorithm. You'll find videos, countless videos about chasing the YouTube algorithm and how to do that. And, Really, at the end of the day, when you're approaching YouTube, um, what we want to talk about is just the practical approach and how to get the most out of it and how to have fun, how to keep Mm -hmm. it fun. Because, yeah, YouTube, if, if it's not fun... Our motto is if it's not fun, then why do it?
0: Yeah, most definitely. Sarah said I did some videos and then I got scared. Yeah, that can be a thing, right? Mary said, I'm working on launching a YouTube channel and I am really nervous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sarah's like, haha, no one will even know. Yeah.
0: In the beginning, that's how it is, for yep. sure. Sue said, I did a Facebook Live once and cut it short and burst into tears. <laughs> I scared. <laughs> Sue.
1: Yeah. You know, I will say that the, YouTube, the Facebook Live, we did one Facebook Live mm-hmm. uh, years ago when we did our first art event, like virtual art event. And the reason we used Facebook was because that's what everybody was recommending to use. They were like, don't use your... YouTube for that because YouTube live streams are different. Animal, use your Facebook. So we used Facebook and the experience sucked. Like We had
0: so many technical difficulties.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong. The experience didn't suck as far as like our peeps finding us. But a lot of it was like trying to gather people on YouTube, on, on Facebook, was way more of a hassle. And... Um, A
0: lot of folks didn't have access, couldn't get in. The truth was we were way more familiar with using YouTube. We should have just used YouTube because that's what we knew, but we tried it. I'm grateful that we tried it and had the experience, but um, definitely figure out what's the most user friendly for you and do that as far as video content is concerned, right? If you have an easier time using Facebook or Instagram, use it. If you have an easier time using YouTube, use it. Yeah. Same with streaming software. Find what's intuitive. If you have an
1: easier time using TikTok, they also do TikTok lives. Absolutely. And I know that a lot of people now I'm not I'm not as familiarized with TikTok as I would like to be, but you know, the the thing is too that when it comes to all these video platforms like That's fine. They're out there. And YouTube is the oldest. YouTube is the oldest and most stable and Mm -hmm. it's still growing. Um, And it's one of those things where I'm like, familiarize yourself with one thing. If you're able to post on, you know, several different platforms, that's great. Don't overdo it. Don't be like, I'm going to create content for this and create stuff for this. Like make it as simple for yourself as possible. You know, you have art to create and... Although I view the videos as a part of my art, I also don't want to just be working on videos. You know, I want want to be working on my artwork, my art career and what we do, music, different things that we do.
0: On hand said, I'm two years into my YouTube journey and I can say, stick with it and you'll slowly start getting seen. And that's how it works. Exactly. Sarah was saying only one person came to my live stream. So let's bounce back and talk about expectations when you're getting started, Yeah. right? Because yes, it can feel really disheartening if you have no one or one person, um, but that's pretty much how it goes when you're getting started.
1: I think one of the important things because I and I've talked about this before I've had people that did their stream right and the truth is if you're going to do a stream if you're like I'm going to do a live stream and I want people to show up well then you better send that link to that live stream to as many places as you communicate with people so you send that link on social media you write a blog you basically send out that link as if you were doing a big event and that's a tr- just because you want to do a live stream doesn't mean that anybody has to show up. You have to let people know that the live stream is going to happen. Not only do you have to let people know that the live stream is going to happen, but you're going to have to remind people that the live stream is going to happen. You know, let them know ahead of time. You let them know a few days before, and you let them know the day of. And I know that for a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't want to bug anybody. And I'm like, dude, if you're doing a live stream, you have to let people know yeah. And you're not going to be bugging anybody. If anything, people are happy to be reminded of it because they have lives. They don't – it's not like they mark in their calendar like, oh, Rafi and Clee's live stream are going to happen and that's it. That's the only reminder that I need, you yeah. know?
0: Also, let's just talk about a few housekeeping things, right? When you're sharing a link to a live stream uh, that get overlooked. I've seen them get overlooked. Make sure you're specific about what day it's happening. Don't say Wednesday. Say the date, right? Yes. Um, Make sure you're cognizant that your viewers will be in different time zones. So make sure you say 6 p.m. Eastern or whatever time zone you're in. Um, And make sure you don't forget to share the link. Because yes. I've even seen, you know, like, hey, I'm live streaming on Thursday. And it's like, but how do I no get link. there?
1: There's no link. And I'm like, come on, make it easy for the people that want to show up. Make it easy. You got, it. And that means date, time, specific time, where your time zone is. Hold on one second.
0: Something is happening outside our window. Are you the one... Is it a bird? Yeah,
1: it's a bird. There's a bird. I was recording something this morning. And there was a bird out here just... Bah! And it keeps flying onto our thing. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> we have a really loud wren that likes our house. <laughs> Sarah said, I never thought of sending announcements to other places than YouTube. So let's talk about this for a second, right? Because you're, if you're trying to build a following on YouTube, but you don't have a following yet, then if you're only sending your announcements through YouTube... No one's receiving them because you don't yet have a following. Exactly. So if you even have a little following on social media, you're going to want to let those people know. Or if you're part of a Discord server or if you're part of any group at all, even in your local community, let them know what you're doing and and tell them how to tune in to what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And and Sarah, you're part of the rogue artist community. So like when you're doing something, make sure that you're sharing that link Mm -hmm. to them And that's the thing. That's the really important thing is don't just say, oh, I'm going live without any link. You know, again, one of those very important things, you want to make it easier for people um, to make sure that they are there. Like we basically with our rogues, we not only have a calendar that has links for these podcasts and private live streams, But there's also an email that goes out. Um, There's also part of the Discord community. We have reminders that go up with links and all kinds of things. So, like, don't be afraid to um, send out a lot of reminders just so that people know. And trust me, people aren't going to get bothered by it. They're going to appreciate that.
0: Zara is doing co-working live streams. Uh, So I assume, like, that's getting together with a few other streamers and you're all working on... Um, whatever you're working on and you're having like a live stream art party essentially if i understand it correctly and i like that for a lot of reasons especially if you're getting started because you can play off of each other's dynamic for example um yeah. right so you're not doing it alone so there's already a bit of a party environment happening which is good for the fun factor and as uh zara was saying, you get work done at the same time. So exactly. that's nice. That's a good balance of time. That's
1: one of the reasons that I'm adding the art stream with the members because it, it'll be cool because on Wednesdays then I'll be able to go down and do art mm-hmm. you, you know uh, once once a month. But I mean, I'll be going down doing more art than just once a month. But not on the stream,
0: <laughs> I use Vista Social to create a post for all the platforms, quick and easy.
1: Oh, very nice. Right. So
0: if you don't want to spend your time um, individually posting to each platform because that can be time consuming, then um, there's a lot of services that'll automatically post. Um, we won't get into that probably on this live stream, unless you want to talk about how you automate posts. A little I mean,
1: bit. I automate posts, um, through IFTTT, which is if this, then that, which means that when things post onto, um, my YouTube, you know, like, let's say that I post a live, it will post it across the board and you set those up. Um, I won't go into detail on how to use that. Like you, m- there's a lot of videos online on how to automate your stuff. But yeah, automating your your stuff. Also, you know that's a different thing. Vista so- Social Later. I, I've used Later, Later. in mm-hmm. the past. So there are platforms out there that you could use that will that you could post something and then it will post across the board and that's usually the easiest when it comes to posting on social media you want to make it easy and you want to make it fun for yourself
0: chan chan said i also try to give a basic sentence of what i'm doing in the live that's a good practice that is a very
1: good practice jack
0: stitch wants to know how did you learn to edit video right look so editing is probably the most time consuming thing about having a youtube channel yep for sure
1: so i taught myself how to edit video Uh, Before, years before I even had a YouTube channel, I bought um, an editing program and I wanted to make short films with my kids. So my kids and I would write and direct like little short horror films or like different films like that, action adventure films. And, you know, it was it was one of the things that we did on the weekends um, when I was at home with the kids or the days that I wasn't working and so that's how I taught myself to edit video. And that, I would say that that is probably the most powerful way to learn a program is to basically get on there. You have an idea of what you want to do, right? And make sure that it's fun, that there isn't all this pressure or that you're putting a lot of work. So what I would recommend is whatever program you're working with, see if you can make a one minute commercial or a one minute fun thing um, that involves music or something else. And as you are learning, then you look up videos on exactly how to do that and, and stuff like that. And that really is the way that you can learn. You don't have to learn everything that there is about a program right away for editing. Yeah. Nor do you have to learn all of it either. There's a lot of things that my editing program does that I don't know how to do because I don't need it. You know, but if in the future, if I ever needed it, then I could look up a video and learn. So it's kind of like piecemealing your learning and making sure that you're working on a project that's going to be fun for you so that you don't get frustrated and being patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Be extremely patient with yourself nobody knows these things right out of the box. There is no, don't give yourself the expectation of like, I'm going to learn how to do this. Like give yourself time to be able to work with it and play around with it and have fun. Most definitely.
0: Yeah, and I would say, you know, when when you're starting out and you have no idea about editing software or even which direction to go, maybe watch some videos of some people using particular programs before you commit to purchasing one. Yeah. Because I think it's important to at least get a feel for what editing program works the way your mind works, meaning you get in and you sort of intuitively understand a few basic things about it going in. I've worked with music programs that don't feel intuitive to me. And the pr- the process is not fun uh, versus programs that I love where I understand how it works. It feels intuitive to me. And so it changes the process to enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, and so you don't want to you don't want to shell out Several hundred dollars for a program that you aren't going to enjoy using, so I highly recommend watching other YouTubers talk about their editing programs and using them so you can see what's going on. You can also get a heck of a lot done on apps, like when you're getting started. I do little short videos for socials sometimes just on iMovie on my phone. Yeah, It's free, and of course it doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles, but... I can get it done, and it right. also
1: I think it also depends. Like if you have a Mac, then obviously iMovie or um, oh, I can't remember what it's called Final Cut Final Cut Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Vegas, which is equivalent to Final Cut Pro mm-hmm. in Windows. But there's also DaVinci Resolve, which I've heard a lot of great things about. A lot so, of
0: folks like DaVinci Resolve. So,
1: like, you just you basically look into stuff and see when people are talking about the way that they're editing things. See what it is that you um, like, but also don't get stuck in the research phase of it. You know, I would say it's better to try something and be like yeah cuz davinci resolve is free mm-hmm. so that's that's a good that's a good way of doing it vegas is not free vegas pro is is um it's up there in price but that's only because I've been using that program forever. It's
0: what you like, yeah, so it's, it's what, what I you're like. sticking with. Shanchan said, "Da Vinci scared me till I watched some vids on how to do one little thing, and then grew to love." Exactly. And that's often how it starts. That's
1: how it is. You you just get started. I also like that uh, Shanchan said bloopers are a fun way to practice editing oh, and using the yeah. software. And that's the thing. That's how you're going to learn how to edit your video is by. Getting on there and being like, "Oh, I want a title. How do you how do you add a title?" And then you look up DaVinci Resolve, how to add a title to my scene or whatever it is. And that's that's really the way that you learn is piece by piece. And then once you do it once or twice, then you're not going to have to look up a video on how to do it, unless of course you haven't done it in a while.
0: CapCut is free and has a paid plan too. Said Zara and Shanchan is saying CapCut is great on the phone for doing reels. Oh, that's awesome. Um, OBS is the same way. It's scary, but you just do one thing at a time. So any of you that are going to do live streaming, OBS is a great streaming interface.
1: And I, I really do recommend OBS. I know that a lot of people use like Streamlabs and stuff like that. And this is just my own stuff. I used Streamlabs and OBS is what Streamlabs is based on. OBS is free and it really is able to do everything that you need to do yeah mm-hmm. stream was slowing down the computer and causing the live streams to glitch out which wasn't fun that's not fun when you're setting up a live no, stream
0: no you don't want to have more barriers to entry than you need so many things can be done from the phone with like built-in stuff at this point when you're starting out like before you're ready to commit even mm-hmm. to using OBS right you can go live through social media from your phone and it's basically the click of a button to test the waters right to find out how you feel about it i feel like a thing that some people do is they feel like they need to wait until they have a lot of heavy duty equipment and and software and knowledge before they get started and You really don't want to do it that way. You want to work with what you have and just build from there and figure out what you like to do. Um, Or even if you like to do it in the first place, there's nothing worse than investing tons of money in something only to discover that you don't like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So the
0: simplest stuff you can get away with is often the best when you're getting started. Yeah,
1: start where you're at. Uh, The Fairlight tab in DaVinci Resolve unexpectedly pulled me off a Studio One DAW. The Fusion tab is great, too. Awesome. Well, that's awesome.
0: Maybe we can start adding these tips and tricks to a rogue site community. Not a bad idea. Right, right. Yeah, and oh, Zara's mentioning OBS is free. Yeah, yes, OBS exactly.
1: is free as well.
0: Onhand said, before I had a more powerful PC, I started with the Windows video editor and my phone.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, when I first uh, started thinking about, you know, I've always loved movies. And I was editing movies um, from Back in the day where it's like you grab the VHS and then you had another VHS and then you (laughs) played and recorded the spot. And that's how you uh, that's how we edited uh, some of my student films. So then years later, when I was like, holy crap, you could edit stuff on the computer. To me, it was a completely different world because I was like, I don't even know, you know, how where do I put the VHS in? You know, like that was basically where I got started And little by little just, you know, there, and there's a lot more information online than there was when I first started editing video and the equipment wasn't, you know, it's not the same. We've come a long way.
0: Oh, definitely. In a short time.
1: In a short time. I remember, so we would do like a little like 10 minute film, right? And the reason we kept it to 10 minutes was because it would take seven hours to render, those 10 minutes of our little short film that we did. Uh-huh. Whereas now when I do a 10-minute video, it only takes maybe about nine minutes to render Even or if you
0: have some effects. I, I'm thinking back to like 10 years ago when we were doing um, special effects, fun little skit videos, and it took you several days to work on a lightsaber effect. Oh, God. And it took quite a while to render that video. Yeah. And
1: and, and that's the thing. Like you want to make it, you want to make it easy and fun for you, but you also don't want to don't think, don't overthink the video that you're putting out there and think to yourself, I have to get this perfect because if I don't get this perfect, then nobody's going to watch it. That's not the reason that nobody's watching it, especially if you're getting started, nobody's watching it because they don't know that it exists. That's basically it. And that's why even when it comes to your videos, share your videos. I mean, I share our videos. You know, we we do have somewhat of a following on YouTube, but I still share my videos in blogs. I share my videos on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I rely, if I have all these places that I could use as a platform to speak, why would I not share all that stuff there? And that's... That's something to think about, especially when you're starting, you're starting and you want more people to see the videos, understanding fully that it's going to take a while to get there. um, And all you got to do is persist, but you want to don't be overly dramatic about the first video or the second video or the third video that you put out there. In fact, it takes the YouTube algorithm like 100 videos in. To like really start to To identify, to to get to know who you are and what the content is that you do. So, like, you know, make that your goal. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna persist and have fun with this until I have 100 videos and then I'll see where I'm at.
0: Sarah is saying I can only go through my laptop for streaming because YouTube won't let me use phone streaming until I get uh, 50 50 followers. followers. You can, though, um, if you wanted to, you could go live through your phone on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram
1: is pretty easy to do. Instagram
0: is pretty easy if you wanted to, or, you know, you're close to being able to do that on YouTube. So just, um, a little patience and you'll get there probably this year. Um, and that's the thing too, is, you know, definitely there are certain features that unlock for you on YouTube once you get a little traction. And I think it's being patient and being happy with where you are and not being in a super big hurry to get Partner status, or get you know the merch shelf, or get you know the 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 things on YouTube.
1: Yeah, it took yeah. us a
0: long time to get those things.
1: Yeah, and it 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 does take a long time. And honestly, a lot of times I didn't even realize that they were there until you know that one time a year that I go on the back end of YouTube and like pay attention to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all cool stuff, but it's not you know as. As things start happening on your YouTube channel, like it's just more opportunity to have fun with it. Until then, just use what you can. Kind of like, you know, if you're going to do it on your computer, then do it on your computer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one thing that I would say is based on your... Oh, Sarah says it here. If your computer isn't a beast, use editors that are in browsers. DaVinci might be too much... Of a load for your computer, so
0: like Descript is a browser-based yeah. editor. Yeah, Zara's Des- saying. Yeah, and there
1: yeah. there are some, and I have used some of the browser-based temporarily whenever I had an older computer and we were on the road, mm-hmm. um, where it was just too much for my computer. And i the thing is, don't I? I think the most important thing here is to understand that like you are allowed to do videos that you're still figuring out what your voice is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, a lot of our really old videos, like before we even started posting um, some of the stuff that we put now, we had posted like hundreds of videos, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. a lot of those videos are lost to us now, but those videos, you know, were boring. (laughs) And I know that a lot of times I say things like that about the live streams or like whatever we're doing. But these videos were boring. It was a lot of like empty space.
0: They were boring. No
1: context whatsoever. Let's
0: talk for a moment about pacing. Yeah. In videos, because this is something that you probably want to try to dial in right away. Um, When you're first starting out and you don't have an audience yet and you're basically introducing yourself to the world Um, One thing that you don't really want to do is, like, um, lackadaisically tangent off into, like, narratives that someone would have to know you very well to, like, engage with. Um, if that makes sense. And that seems like a no-brainer, but I've seen people do this on YouTube where they assume that you know them. Like, I'll just come across their channel looking for information. They assume that you know them, and the first 10 minutes of video are talking about not the subject of the video, but some unrelated thing. And I'm like, I don't know you, and I just came here to find out what's side-chaining it, you know, kind of thing. Um, and try to keep the pacing, like edit the dead space, out of the video i was horrible like i made extra work for rafi because as i was formulating my thoughts in videos uh i would be thinking and talking in real time and sometimes there was a lot of like "Mm," and slow motion talking coming from me (laughs) and he would be
1: like and so
0: sometimes he would be like that's awesome i love what you said can you just can you say it again a little faster Yeah, right. And don't be uh, shy about doing that. Right. And like as you're watching like, oh, I love what I said there, but I could say that a little better. I could say it a little quicker or I could edit this dead space out where I'm trying to find the word I'm looking for like I just did.
1: And that's the thing. It it also depends on where you're at. If you're somebody that uses a script, right? Like you want to know what it is that you're going to say and then you do your – basically you would script it and then you do your take. And then if you're happy with that take, then you're going to use that in your video. And that's – and essentially that's what you're doing. It's like you're saying your words and then you are editing the second – part where you're saying your words you're editing the second part where you're saying your words for us where a lot of it is kind of like you know just coming just talking about stuff there are times that i say something and um i thought it was beautifully said and i want to but i want to get it a little bit more concise because there was a few ums in there and it just didn't it didn't sound as impactful as I wanted it to.
0: It's like Shan-Chan is saying um, she wasn't aware of how often she says like, uh-huh. uh, but someone would point it out. <clears throat> we all have those things.
1: We, we all do. We all do. And when I did corporate training, we talked about that. That was part of the corporate training class was when you're up there, you're going to have certain words that you say a lot,
0: mm-hmm. like.
1: Is one of them, like, let me tell you about, like, this thing that I did. Like, um, yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. Shantan's
0: listing them for us, <laughs> yeah, and those are all, I say, yep, a lot. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so Zara's doing one take, no editing vids, it's a style of video.
1: Yeah, I, that just...
0: If that works for you, that is, I mean, that's amazing.
1: And there are people, because I know Jinja was doing that as well. Um, and it is a style of video. It's just for, so for me personally, I love the editing process. Like the editing process is part of the art, part of the art for me, the timing, all that stuff. It's just part of it. And I, and that's, that's why I feel very proud of my videos. Even if nobody watches a video, like I feel proud of the video. The
0: thing that you've created. Yeah. Um, Randy said, I record 30 minutes and when I'm done editing, it's a six minute video. Yeah, exactly, that's Randy. That's pretty accurate That's pretty ratio. accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that's about where we are with stuff.
1: <laughs> I would say that too. You know, and that's a good point. Thank you, Randy. Because what I would say is don't be too precious about everything that you say. Be willing to cut out stuff where maybe you're repetitive or you – maybe you went off tangent a little bit. And so like a lot of times I'll edit edit down to the talky bits and get rid of a lot of the dead space. And then what I'll do is go through and watch it and make sure that what I'm trying to say is coming across in a clear and concise way. Mm Mm-hmm. And if it's not, and if I go off on a tangent about something over here and it just isn't um, whatever, like I have no problems cutting out the extra slots. Whole slots. And that's because I will ramble. I will ramble and ramble, and as evidenced here in these podcasts, a lot of times, you know, these podcasts are an hour long.
0: Well, that's kind of the fun of balancing video content with streaming content. Streaming content obviously is unedited. I
1: guess this would be a one take.
0: It's a one take. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you get all the quirks. um, And then video content- And you
1: get the ums.
0: Did I just do an um? You did. That's hilarious. Yeah. Angie said, I'm a newbie, but so very happy to be here. I'm in the very early stages of even considering YouTubing, but these conversations are so helpful for me. Shy social media girl at this point. That's I'm awesome, glad you're here, Angie. Angie. And I do, I love these conversations too, because the revelations and the ideas and the brilliance that comes out of interacting with the community, um, it's even better than what individually we could be you know doing sarah Um,
1: said be brave don't fuck it up don't fuck it up (laughs) fuck it up yeah don't worry about getting it messed up don't worry about i mean that's the reason that i am very very um quick when it comes to editing the way that i edit is because i have screwed up so many times that i know what what to stay on what keeps me on track in my editing process
0: just like anything the more you do it the quicker you're going to be the more efficient you're going to be at it zara said descript has eye contact it's so creepy but so cool at the same time it keeps your eyes focused on the camera using ai editing that's That's pretty neat uh she said, I say actually a lot. Actually. I noticed it while I watch back my videos. <laughs> Adrian said, I make a ton of facial expressions that I was totally unaware of. That's clean. Me too, Adrian. I can't believe some of the facial expressions. Anytime Rafi takes a still shot of a live stream or a video, I'm always like
1: Making some weird Mouth face. movements, yeah.
0: wide eyes, or or I'm squinting. There's a lot of things happening with me that I was fully unaware of. It's fun, and don't be too critical of those things also. No. It's part of your personality.
1: Yeah, right? and that's, that's going to be, I think that that's the hardest thing. It's kind of like the first time you start to hear your voice recorded. A lot of people have a hard time with that because mm-hmm. that's not what their voice sounds like. I, I, I will tell you right now, you get more and more used to it. And then immediately, you know, or not immediately, eventually you don't even you can't even tell the difference, you know, in what your voice sounds like in a video and your voice in real person.
0: Yeah. So I think there's a balance between right. When we talk about editing out dead space or things that can be distracting, you can go too far with that and you can edit out your personality entirely in the pursuit of video perfection. We've also done that. Yeah. Right? Um, when we were doing our travel videos from the road, we were essentially editing out everything that was quirky and fun about us. You guys. In an effort to make, like, cool travel videos. This
1: was in the beginning. In the beginning, when we were van vanlifing before van life was, was popular. Yeah. We basically put out videos. And unfortunately, instead of capturing who Clee and I are. Which are what dorks. Is, what is, yeah. The dorks. <laughs> We try to capture all the parts where we were cool. So a lot of it was, like, manufactured. And I would say that that's why it's important that you just be yourself. You don't have to be, like, this was in the beginning. And so there was this idea that, well, you know, the people that are on YouTube are cool or they're wearing sunglasses, you know, like everybody. It was basically the beginnings of YouTube.
0: They don't talk about liking. They
1: don't like, yeah, they don't (laughs) talk about liking. They don't laugh. They don't make dorky jokes. They are... Like, they're cool. They're cool. So we got to be cool. And it was just the dumbest thing ever. Like the videos were so bad, so boring. I didn't want to watch them. That's the thing. My measure of success with a video is, do I want to watch this? And if I don't want to watch it, then it doesn't go on
0: YouTube. Shantan said, you got to trust the editing process. Like if you mess up, start again, but you don't have to stop the camera. Yeah, you yes. get really adept at just... You say a thing and then you just say it again and yep. say it a third time if you need to. Yep. Sometimes raphael's I'll hear Rafi say a thing five, six times. Yeah. Because maybe he's tripping over a word or maybe he's not finding the word that he's wanting in that moment.
1: There, just, there are times where I just leave that in there. Yeah. Right? Because I'm like, well, that's hilarious. That's a special like, Rafi word. <laughs> but then there are times where like, I'll start talking and maybe it's a tongue twister for me. And so like, I'll repeat it and then it'll talk to, and then I'll repeat it, I'll repeat it. And what's great about that is that when I'm editing, right? Sure, there's several takes, but you well, for me, like in Sony Vegas, I could see the waveform. So I could see where I started the sentence and then I could see it's a similar waveform. So I started the sentence again in a similar waveform. So I usually look for the last take. And then that really helps me instead of watching every single take, I know that that last take was the one that worked. Right. You know, So it's really easy. I just cut and boom, and I, I move that take there. And that way I'm not – every minute counts when you're editing. And what I mean by that is every time you watch video footage as you're editing, that you're adding time to how much time you spend editing. Mm-hmm. So ideally, my advice for you when it comes to editing video is make all your cuts and edits as easy as possible Um, and and just go through from beginning to end. Don't watch it until you are done so that you can watch it from beginning to end and then make your edits again, you know, kind of like that's your first draft and then you have your second draft that you could go through and spend a little bit more time with.
0: Onhand said Toastmasters helped me with my um and uh. Is that a channel?
1: Toastmasters is a a thing where you you get up and you speak. It's a speaking thing.
0: What kind of speaking thing?
1: Like a a speaking thing where you speak in front of groups.
0: Oh, like a course? I'm going to look it up. (sighs) Fuck my life. Never heard of it before.
1: You've never heard of Toastmasters? No. All right.
0: Uh, Zara said, yeah, all live streams and most podcasts are one takes. Yeah. Right. Like, so Rafi um, puts out the raw, unedited version of this podcast. And then there's another version that goes out that... If we have to cough or clear our throats or a bird makes a crazy sound outside. Um, exactly.
1: And then this <laughs> comes in and I'm like, you know. Then we'll
0: get that. Well, that's distracting. <clears throat> sometimes. Sometimes it's funny and it gets left in.
1: Well, it depends because this is also a, there's an audio version of this that goes out That has as no a visual. Podcast. Yeah. It, there is a, there's a reason why. Um, I'll take certain things out because, you know, the last thing you need to hear is somebody clearing their throat if you have headphones on and you're listening to a podcast. It's just not not fun.
0: Yeah. Every once in a while it's no big deal. But if it's like happening repeatedly. That could be problematic. Randy said, your first 50 videos are going to suck. Just focus on improving with each one. I'm 10 videos in, so clearly in the suck stage.
1: (laughs) It's still fun. It's still so much fun. As long as you're not taking it too seriously, um, it it really is. It's just be aware of that if you decide that you're going to do youtube videos or anything like that be aware of that that you don't turn it into this like stressful thing right because it could feel like oh my god this is the end of the world if i don't get this done and it's like oh just just have fun with it
0: shan chan said yeah or you edit out your personality in the name of looking professional yeah yeah yeah
1: we we tried to look cool it's a trap it's a trap (laughs) don't do it just just look like yourself
0: okay so the rogue uh fam is explaining to me now that it's a group uh it's a group public speaking club uh-huh. and training group thanks guys yeah yeah thank I you. Never you guys did a before. better
1: better job of explaining it than I did <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a thing for speaking it's a thing, didn't quite thing for cover speaking it for me
1: i how did you not understand what I meant by that that's it's crazy. I know, right? That's exactly what they said. It's a thing for speaking. They just use more concise words it's than I do. It's a thing.
0: I am a giant ball of phlegm and I clear my throat all the time, said Rachel.
1: That's right.
0: Real, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> it's like anytime you go to record a video, me record vocals for a song, do a podcast, record narration for an audiobook, it's like all the phlegm shows up in that all the moment. Phlegm. All the phlegm. The best thing you can do is make sure that you're well hydrated well before the thing, not five minutes before. Even
1: even still, though, it you're still going happens. to... still It's still going to happen. And, you know, that's... A lot of my editing is because of that, because I'm in the middle of a sentence, and I'm like really excited and then you're or, like, or...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I recall watching a video that... Like, the video was engaging, but um, dude was clearing his throat like every couple seconds and it was hard to stay focused it, um with that <laughs> it
1: is it is interesting because you want to you want to be yourself right and there is there is a degree of authenticity to just you know like coughing burping farting and you know all the stuff that we do as humans you know all the all the fun orifices that make noises uh within the human humans of uh, a uh, being And, But at the same time, like, I would say that when you're editing stuff out, it's the stuff that potentially if you're watching it back, you get distracted by it, right? It's taking away from the story that you're trying to build. If farting is part of the story, then it belongs there. If clearing your throat is part of the story, then it belongs Mm -hmm. there. However, if it's anything that's going to distract from what you're trying to say, then I would, that's that's what I would edit out. So that's why when there's long pauses.
0: Such as the, that one.
1: Yeah, like that, <laughs> right? Because a lot of times you want to be strategic with your pause. You don't, if you're just thinking um, or you're getting to your next line, you're not going to leave that in there. You're going to want to cut that out because that's going to distract from the narrative, from what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Unless it's part of the narrative, which would be like, And then the secret was, and then you pause and then you tell it. And that's, that's really, it's like identifying those things that are fun and, and, and keeping those in that are part of the story and cutting out the fluff and the extra crap that's just not. Not helping.
0: Makes mental note to m- always make farting a part of my story, said Rachel. <laughs> that's hilarious. Chan, Chan said, I stay away from dairy when I know I'm going to sing because it makes mucus response. Yeah, that's good practice. If I have to sing for a long duration of time, I keep a bag of Ricola throat lozenges around. That was a hack that one of our opera diva friends told me. Um, and, and it works uh, pretty it well. It really
1: does. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um cola. You want to make sure that you drink plenty of water. Be hydrated. You know? But
0: the trick is you can't hydrate right before the thing because it's ineffective. You have to hydrate at least an hour before the thing. Yeah. Also, Preferably, you should be hydrated all the time.
1: Also, do not eat a bag of almonds before you record an, an audiobook. Just FYI. I'm just putting that out there because it's not fun. Not only do you get all the phlegm, but all the mouth noises uh it just it's it's not fun we're not going to talk about recording an audiobook because we're talking about the mood tubes but i'm just saying mouth noises is a thing
0: let's talk about mouth noises for a second because as you do start to upgrade your equipment and you get condenser mics and things like these you will hear all the mouth sounds and plosives and all the various things that you don't that this sounds Right? Yeah. So uh, sometimes Rafi has to run me through a de-esser if I'm coming in too hot. Or there's a plosive, the p-p-p, right? Or there's mouth sounds because one of our mouths is dry. (laughs) A little bit of those isn't going to be, like, super distracting. But uh, if you're, like, right up on the mic, it can really get to sounding pretty weird after a while. You know what I mean? Like, it can be... It could be distracting. It could be distracting.
1: And it's one of the reasons that when we record the podcast, we have the microphones on an angle, right? So it's pointing towards my mouth on an angle so that I'm not speaking directly into it.
0: And it's about a hand length And it's about away. a hand
1: length away. So, like, if you do have a microphone, you're going to do that because... It's when you get into the microphone that you start to pick up every single, like, little tiny sound. And, like, then you get all the mouth noises and all the stuff like that. And it gets really weird. And then there's plosives. Plosives. Hopefully that didn't blow anybody's <laughs> eardrums. I'm sorry.
0: This is something I think about as a singer all the time. Because mouth sounds, um, too strong S's and plosives are a big deal. They can really ruin a vocal track. There's little mesh screens that you can get. To they, put in front of your mouth, they only work so much. They do a little bit, yeah. Um, but really, it's kind of like learning the distancing and the angle, and also being consciously aware. This is like, don't worry about it in the beginning. This is later on stuff. But you become sort of consciously aware of a way to speak and sing that de- desentuates some of the plosives, um, and you kind of naturally get into a rhythm where your your plosives are less plosive. Um, I have trouble with S's. I have a trebly voice and my S's are really intense. So, like, sometimes Rafi does have to run me through a filter so I'm not blowing out people's eardrums. I got to run you through. Run me through.
1: Sarah's asks, were you eating while doing the audio? No, no. It was, <laughs> I ate. Almonds, and then went and recorded the audio stuff, and it just dried my mouth.
0: This is not a super healthy practice, but it is something I do if I know I'm going to be speaking or singing for a long time. I do not eat beforehand. I just don't do it. It yeah. creates too many problems for me. I'll wait until after the thing, even if I'm hungry. I'm hungry right now, but it's not a big deal because I'll eat when we're done with this. Right, you know. Um, it's more important to me to be hydrated than full. Um, and I perform better when I'm not full, uh, whether it's talking or singing.
1: The the fri- says true story. Fairlight in Da Vinci has a great deesser. Pop filters with clamp help too. They yeah. do
0: help. Um, my music program has excellent deesser and plosive plugins. There are some that I do. Are do they come with your editing program, or it's separate plugins that you use for the sound? Rafi has a few sound cleaning. Well, it's plugins. plugins. You,
1: you're able to download plug packs for yeah. the audio and stuff like that. Yeah, I do for have sound cleaning stuff. for video.
0: Um, I,
1: I I barely use those, though, because when I record video, I have the Rode uh, mic, the Rode condenser mic, and I have the one that takes the 9-volt battery, and it does a really good job of recording the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's important is if you get a Rode mic, what you're going to want to do is check what your recording setting, what your recording levels are on your camera itself. Right. To make sure that it's not up too high. You want to, it's better to have the volume be a little bit softer, then too loud because you can't do anything if your volume peaks
0: no once you clip you clip there's like not much you can do to remove the distortion Yeah. Um, when you're shopping for microphones understand your voice Rafi and I have learned this the hard way because I have a very forward voice that cuts through everything it cuts through crowds I could say hi to somebody 30 feet away and they're going to hear me so and he's got a voice that's like velvet and i remember being at shows with him and in a crowd no one can even hear him say hi because his voice is like soft and it's at this frequency where it's soothing so we need very different things when it comes to vocals i need microphones that pick up more bass tones and less treble or i need a low pass filter and he's kind of the opposite. And there are some condenser mics that are better suited to certain things. These guys are hot. They pick up all the high end and they pick up they pick up everything, which is great for capturing sound. But we had to get the mic covers and we have to stay a certain distance. They have a setting that flips them to negative 10 decibel instead of zero decibel. So they're actually getting less, which is nice. But familiarize yourself with your voice uh, when it comes to sound.
1: Jenny said, "Vocal fry and microphones are torture to the ears." Yeah. And Rachel says, "I never understood vocal fry. Why? Uh,
0: wh- why does it happen? Or why? So vocal fry is the high, like the highest frequency range, um, and when you're talking in like hertz." like your normal speaking voice is going to be, the the meat of your speaking voice is going to be kind of in the middle of that, I just hit the mic, <laughs> EQ range. Your vocal fry, that area, is this really high frequency that it's not even technically audible, but it is, and it can be really piercing when there's too much of it. And I have to EQ my voice so that a lot of that is gone because for example when we're testing song tracks if i'm coming in with too much of that it literally does hurt my ears you take too much of that high end away and you lose all the presence and nuance of a voice so
1: It is interesting.
0: Everybody's voice is different, so when it comes to sound, it's also a lot of testing the waters, learning a little bit about EQ, choosing a microphone that's suited to your voice. All of my microphones that I have around for things, including the one for band practice, are suited to picking up bass tones rather than treble tones. Uh, and so it's something you get to know about yourself as you're doing these things.
1: Adrienne said, I breathe a lot louder than I thought I did. stack
0: like <laughs>
1: So that's something that you'll notice when you're editing video. In fact, there are times where like in between where I'm editing, um, and let's say that I'm saying something and I want to you know, accentuate or I take a breath, and I'm like, blah blah. It sounds like. <laughs> um, I will actually sometimes <laughs> cut those out. I will edit those out because I'm like, oh, that was that was too that's too loud. It's distracting me from the video. So we are
0: fueling jet planes over here. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll or I'll replay. There was one time where I like took Cleese like, <laughs> you know, breathing in thing, and then I just multiplied it several times because she was working on music and I had the speakers going over here, and then it was just like. <laughs>
0: I was like, Ooh, "Ooh, yeah." Sorry about
1: that. Mm-hmm.
0: Valerie said, "I do vocal fry as a voice warm up in my voice class, but I wouldn't do it otherwise." Yeah. Gail said, "My voice is so soft, and I am never heard." Well, so it's a little bit easier sometimes to boost a voice that needs a little bit of high end and amplification than it is to tone down a voice that's coming in too hot. Yep. Would you say that you have an easier time editing your voice than mine? Oh
1: my God. Yes. Yes. Mine's great for
0: public speaking without amplification.
1: Your voice, your (laughs) voice. There are a lot of times that I have to like add low range EQ to like, just kind of like, because in, it's, it's interesting either when your voice is really like high like that, what ends up happening is, you lower the voice, but it still hurts the ears.
0: Yeah, it's in this range that becomes painful to listen and to. And so
1: you gotta, you gotta like, you know, you gotta add some some lower, some baseline. You EQ have to bring up the you low gotta, end. Yeah, you gotta bring up the low end in order to make it. But if you lower the volume, um, it doesn't help. No. So, like, you have to, you know, and then you can barely hear you, but what you do hear is kind of like, you know, like annoying. And that's not something that you want to associate with your videos. So like, and what happens to a lot of people is that they'll try to, that's why, you know what, get it as, get it as fine as you can, right? When it comes to videos on YouTube, there, there is the video quality, right? You want to get that as good as you can and, you know, don't stress out about it, but get it as good as you can. Try to make the space quiet if you can, Mm -hmm. right?
0: For your sanity and for recording purposes, you
1: can always you can always um, do the sound cleaning, you know, clean out some of the background sound. Here's what happens with cleaning out the background sound is that if you have a lower voice like mine, a lot of that background noise, a lot of your, your low end is going to go away when you clean the background noise, when you filter out the, the stuff. So it's something that you want to pay attention to in your editing. You want to make sure that the, that it's not too loud. Sometimes you can't help it. Like we'll film something in the car and we're driving and I know that I'm going to have to get rid of some of the back end. And that means that we're both going to sound
0: a little strange, a little
1: strange in the car, but it's kind of expected because you get that like low end, you know, that that it's, you're in the car. You know, and that's fine. All you want to do is make sure that you're not hurting anybody's ears. A
0: good way to know. um, And it's just, uh, we call it the car test, but there's different facets of the car test. If you're worried about your sound, all you really have to do is, like, when you think you have it good, turn your monitors, your speakers, whatever device you're listening on, turn it all the way up and listen to it. If it hurts your ears... And and not volume-wise hurts your ears. If the frequency hurts your ears, you probably need to tweak it a little. And then turn it all the way down till you almost can't hear it, right? And if you can still make out what's being said, then you're good. And that's kind of the, the standard. Like, you want to listen to any kind of uh, audio track really loud and really soft to make sure that it's doing what it's cutting through, but it's not hitting any frequencies that are super hurdy for I people. I mean,
1: and I, there is so much that we could talk about this subject. In fact, we spent the majority of the last part of this just talking about audio.
0: Audio, yeah.
1: And audio is important, but you know what? The audio isn't the end-all be-all. The video quality is important, but the video content isn't the end-all be-all. You know, that that really isn't. There are some videos that are really crappy – and the sound is crappy, but what is in the video is intriguing. You know, it's captivating. And so you're going to watch the video no matter what. And sometimes that kind of stuff really does. You you just have to figure that out as you're going and make sure that when you are working on a video, no matter what the content is or what it looks like, that it's something that you're happy with, that you want to watch mm-hmm. over and over
0: that really is important. It's the most important Mary thing.
1: Mary Flint said, what editing software is good to use? Honestly, Mary, I cannot answer that question for you. I can tell you that I use Sony Vegas, but the reason that I use Sony Vegas is because I've used it for years. However, DaVinci Resolve is one that a lot of people use and they love it um and recommend it and I actually want to play around with DaVinci Resolve. I also want to play around with um some of the online versions. So that would be the thing, Mary, is like all the the different editing programs that we discussed in this podcast, I would I would take a look at each of them and see which one feels best. And most importantly give yourself a project, a fun project to work on that's not like end all be all so you can learn the process of doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're just, you know, you, you just got to figure out what you like.
0: And I was saying earlier in the podcast, right, if you don't want to, like, drop money on a program without knowing something about it, watch people, watch people's videos that are doing a basic overview of an editing software that you might be interested in so you can get the lay of the land.
1: Jenny says there is a speaking sound some people make into the microphone that sounds like eating scrambled eggs and drinking milk at the same time. It's a wet sound that seems to come from the inner cheek. Yes.
0: Yeah. There's I know also
1: it. there's there's that yeah, it seems to come from the inner cheek. There's also a clicking sound that will happen like a Mm-hmm. that comes out of nowhere. A lot of times I'll hear it in the when you're recording an audiobook you could hear all those sounds. Yeah, And it's 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 so disturbing because then you're bringing it up and you're listening to everything. You're getting rid of the room sound and the next thing you know it's like every voice sound. And your inner critic wants to get rid of all of it. Wants to just get rid of all the little pops, all the little whatever. And um, a lot of times you just have to be okay with it. But, yeah, there are certain noises that I'm like... Exactly. Like, eating a scrambled egg and drinking milk at the same time is disgusting. Those
0: cheek sounds are less than desirable, for sure. Yeah, Shan Chan said, I think I'm funny and I act confident. I think positive vibes draws people to you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And most importantly, it's because you're having fun. Like, that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, think of Rafi's intro. Yeah.
0: I would say... Fun and, and at its core, enjoying yourself is the most important thing because the enjoyment factor is what's going to be appealing to people.
1: And that's why I will say it, I've said it, and I will say it again. Do not start posting videos on YouTube because you think that you're going to make money or you're going to get fame or you're going to get popular. Don't chase validation in any shape way in in any way shape or form which is validation is i'm doing this for money because that's validating i'm doing this for popularity because that's value validating any of those things that you are hoping to get out of it that involve other people right other things that are, are outside of your control In that sense, then you're chasing something. If you're posting videos because you want to, because you have something to share and you want to put it out in the world, then immediately you get rid of all that anxiety that comes with uh, doing YouTube videos. In fact, if you do that with all social media, you get rid of all the anxiety altogether because it doesn't matter if anybody's watching it or reading it or looking at it. You're just putting it out there because you want it to be out there. And that's been the approach that I've taken with YouTube, with my social media, with our website, putting products on the website, um, t-shirts, books, everything that I've done. I've put it out there because I want to see it out there and hopefully other people will too. But it's me feeling good about it is not contingent on them watching it. And... The more you do it, you know, that's what keeps you going and the more you do it, the more the more chances there are of people running into it and like liking it and, and doing that stuff. But if, if you use any way to discourage yourself right from the get go, like you're just not gonna do it.
0: I mean the biggest thing that sinks channels is people getting discouraged. Yeah. That's that's it.
1: The 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 thing the biggest thing that sinks artists' careers is people getting discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like don't allow yourself to get into something because, you know, our brains are really great at being sneaky. You know, so so, sneaky. No, I really love doing YouTube videos. But underneath the surface, it's like you're like, you know, stressing out because nobody's watching it or, or anything like that. And then you're like, maybe it's the quality of my videos. Maybe people just don't like my face. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Just do it because you want to do it. Uh, Sarah says, yeah, getting validation outside of yourself is giving the power on something you can't control. You have control of yourself. Be your own best friend and cheerleader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just do it for you. Just do it because you're going to have fun and share. And that's the thing. You are allowed to do something because it's fun for you and you enjoy it and you want to put it out there and you're allowed to put it out there. And that's you know? the
0: gratification in of itself. Angie said, I love that. Preach it, Rafi.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, so this, I I feel like this podcast was a little all over the, like, we talked about YouTube and stuff, and I wanted to really, really cover, I think at the end of the day, like, I want to make it very clear, like, if you're going to do YouTube, do it because you're looking to learn something and have fun. That's where the editing program comes in. If you're going to start editing stuff, go with a free editing program, you know, at first, Mm -hmm. edit it on your phone, figure out different ways to do it. As you just decide on one and you can look up videos and if it's something that eventually you're like, "Mm, I don't really want to use this, then, you know, pick something else. But I would say get started with what you have, where you are, record stuff on your on your phone and, you know, just use the equipment that you have available to you. That's what we did. And then little by little over the years, as we could afford more camera equipment and microphones and stuff like that, we, you know, we ordered it mm-hmm. as we, as we needed it.
0: I will also say like, we just scratched the surface here. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't even touch on, such yep. as balancing everything else you do with YouTube in a way that works for you, um, which I think we'll probably end up doing an additional podcast or something Yeah, <laughs> on those aspects, but... Honestly, oh, so much of it is letting it evolve as you evolve, and trying to figure out what works for you I think, in all the areas. And
1: I think maintaining a fun perspective on it, because there are different mm-hmm. levels, right? So when you get started, you have one, you know, you have one side of it where it's like nobody's paying attention, and you know, and you got to keep it fun. But then after you've been doing it for a while let's say that you now have 30,000 subscribers or 100,000 subscribers well then it becomes a completely different animal
0: and then you can get stressed out and make it too serious Do you and make it put too, too serious much pressure
1: and... so it in in my mind no matter where you're at just keep it fun keep it fun it doesn't don't don't let numbers complicate things for you whether it's low numbers or high numbers just keep it fun mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm most definitely.
1: had said, I actually love recording the videos, but editing is the work, but I'm hoping to encourage other people to make their art. Yeah. Editing, just keep doing it. Have fun with it. Keep it simple. You know, I, I just recently put a video out there where I talked about keeping it easy, presets, all kinds of things. I enjoy the editing process. I love seeing that come together. And you know, it's easy to fall into a perspective where you are constantly reminding yourself how much work, how hard editing is and all this stuff. And then it becomes a nightmare. So really the self-talk that leads up to it, it's like, what are you prepaving? Like, are you telling yourself this is going to suck every time I edit? It takes forever, blah, 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 blah. Or it's like, no, I love editing. This is fun. You know, I, I have an easy way of doing it and just really allowing yourself to get to that place where you can edit things pretty quickly and still have a lot of fun while doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's my last two cents, I think. And, yeah, this was this was great. And like Clee said, this was just a tip of the iceberg. So we'll probably talk more about this stuff if you guys are interested in, in hearing more about it. And other than that, I would say that it's time for us to go. You want to say goodbye, Clee?
0: Good day.
1: Adios.
0: Total awesomeness